Okay, so what a treat. Holy smokes. So, I don't know. I just feel so smitten whenever I get to have any instance where I just get a sense that Heavenly Father loves me so much. Like, like, ah, okay, so I love studying attachment theory. And just the whole idea that, like, when a parent and child are connected as ideally as possible, great things can happen, basically, right? Great things for the kid, great things for the parent, because, of course, they want their kid to be happy and, you know, just feeling all the love that you're putting out, right? There's nothing like a parent's feeling of, like, loss and exhaust when they are putting out so much love and their kid is unable to receive it or unskilled in being aware of the kind of love that their parent is trying to give them, right? So anyways, I love applying that concept to my relationship with my own heavenly parents, right? Just this whole idea that like, you know, one of the 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 ways, there's like six ways or something to feel attached to our parents you know, is one of them is being feeling like you're known, right? And, and I love that feeling of being known. I, I feel like I, I feel it the most when I'm doing things where I'm praying for something, for example, and I'm yearning for it and I'm just searching, 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 and I just hope and hope and hope and wishing, wishing, wishing. And then it's like they just orchestrate a day where they just wrap all my presents and they just put them under the tree, right? But it's like until I'm at the point where I'm humble enough to really get to that place of like, okay, I'm ready for my gifts. It's not until I'm ready for my gifts that, you know, kind of like that when the student's ready, the teacher appears feel. It's not until I'm like ready to get my gifts until I actually notice and I'm like, oh, that was for me. That was for me, right? Like sometimes I would feel it at different times in my life when I was like, oh, I'm having a really hard time with life. And so I'd look up and there'd be these like beautiful clouds, right? And for me, that just meant, you know what? Those were made for me, right? Like it was just this constant kind of inside joke, just a knowing that those clouds were made for me because they were made for me to enjoy them, right? And I, you know, people laugh sometimes when I explain this, but I think it's actually true. I really do think that my heavenly parents did things for me, you know, in the same way that when I prepare my home space, there are certain areas that are prepared for my kids, right? Like, you know, like I could do without them probably, right? But I don't have to have them, but I know how much joy it could bring to my kids. So I'm like, sweet, do it, right? Like, it's good. It's good, right? But I think it's beyond that. It's like, because heavenly parent, our heavenly parents are just so wise and so, like, all limitless, surpassing, all boundaries, whatever. I feel like they're so good at setting up systems of love that aren't just covering the basis of helping one person, but it's covering the basis of helping everybody, right? Like, and, and that's kind of the feel of what I got when... I, you know, I was introduced to this perspective, this idea, this paradigm shift, this, this way of doing life and seeing life and contributing to life. I was introduced to this one way of doing things like, 
oh, maybe three or four years ago, maybe four years ago. And it was just, you know, I had been in the rhythm of going to different clubs and things in my community. And one person had just finished going to this, this thing where he learned concepts of basically, you know, almost like this do no harm kind of way of living. But more than just do no harm is like contribute back in a way where whatever you're doing is benefiting in 20 plus different ways to the people, to the environment, to, um, to the animals, to the insects, to, to everything that you could possibly learn about that your impact could make, right? So basically getting the most bang for your buck, not just for yourself, but for everybody, right? Everybody involved, every living organism involved, right? And so, you know, that concept has constantly been with me ever since, you know, I, I kind of, you know, take it with me in almost everything I do, right? In the ways that I think about how I do my day and how I try to create a life and things like that. And, you know, I, I try to be thoughtful, right? You know, to the point where the other day some person came over to do pest control or whatever and I almost bought it, right? I almost was like, yeah, I really could do without these certain insects. I think this was totally heaven sent. Let's do this, right? But then there was that other part of me that was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. And it just dawned on me because I was talking with one of my friends too. And she, they had mentioned how because of this, you know, insecticide, whatever, it made it so that she noticed less and less pollinators in her garden. And I was like, wait a minute, why would I ever not want pollinators? That's like the thing that I want for sure and why would I ever do anything that would make it so there's less of them? It's funny because I was even second guessing. I was like, well, maybe it's not that bad because I guess there's obviously people doing this, right? But then there was the other side of me. I was like, well, okay, is it totally necessary, right? Is it absolutely necessary? Like, really? And then there was that part of me that was like, you know, I don't think so. I don't think it's worth it. You know, yeah, I don't want the ants, but there's not... There's not like 20 more reasons for me to t be doing this act of getting insecticide sprayed all over my house and all over the outside of my house and, you know, eradicating this one animal from my space, right? And, and not just that one animal, but several, right? It's like, huh, I don't know that I really want to entertain that right now, right? Like, it was, there's just something about it that I was like, I I want to be more thoughtful. I feel like I need to do some more research and I want to be more thoughtful. So then, you know, a couple months later or a month or whatever, and then I get to go to this workshop that I just went to yesterday. Holy smokes. Wow. Wow. And the whole idea that I got from this one was, it was so giddy for me because before it was hearing, hearing the things from somebody that had taken the course and just graduated from this concept right and then yesterday was like my first taste of my very own workshop my very own learning journey in taking it in for myself and there was something about that 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 just brought about something in me to, to take more ownership in the concepts that I was learning and in the and in the the beautiful ways of seeing living our lives right in a way that is so much more thoughtful, right? Because because that was my big thing. When I turned 18 or before I was turning 18, there was something in me that just felt like, you know what? 
I need to take a year off. I need time to think. I need time for stillness. I need just time, right? So I did. I chose to spend like, I don't know, two to four hours studying in my core books in the morning. And then I would go to classes for like six hours in the day studying at the Institute of Religion because I was just like, this is the year. I just got to do this, right? And then I would just spend like the afternoon like doing activities at a youth leadership group, you know, at a junior high to just like build them up. And then I would spend the evening doing more classes, right, at the Institute of Religion. And, you know, or I would have my other days where I would like be swimming in the morning and then I would go do my nanny job like twice a week or something like that, right? So it was just like a very open year to just like discover and explore and ponder and think and pray and, you know, that kind of stuff. And around that time, I had decided, you know, I was like, you know, whatever I do with my life, I just want to make sure that I'm being conscious about what I'm doing and that every aspect of my life could be as intentional as possible, right? I just don't want to get into a place in my life where I just keep doing the insanity kind of life where I'm doing something, but there's no reason for it, right? And so I'm just wasting my life away doing all these things that don't matter. And, and I was like, I never want to be that kind of person, right? And it's kind of funny because it's almost like I've kind of fallen into the trap in some ways, right? Whether it's like the habits of turning on different, different pieces of technology and just thinking that it's not a big deal or whatever. And it's not, it's not necessarily taking away from my life, but it's not necessarily contributing either, right? So like contributing in a big way. Is it, is it really like this, you know, are my actions worthwhile enough that it's giving me a benefit 20 times plus back, right? Is this a worthwhile investment of my time? Is it really giving back to me in all the areas that I actually care about the most? Is it helping me develop a stronger attachment with my heavenly parents? Is it helping me develop a stronger attachment and like, perspective of how loved I am from my heavenly parents. That's what I call my own self-love, self-care. It's, it's not so much self-love, self-care. It's like tacking on to the love and overabundance that my heavenly parents adore about me and just taking time to cherish and receive that love, right? And, and to take it in and breathe it in and, and be grateful for that love, right? Because they are the source of love, right? And then... And then next, you know, like then being aware of like, is this helping my relationship with my spouse, right? Is it helping me grow stronger in my, you know, admiration of him, right? Is this helping me grow in my love and connection with my kids, right? Is it helping me go full circle? And, you know, I really appreciate that specific question because there's a lot of different areas of study in this world, a lot of them, right? And... And I really appreciate the areas of study that actually take the time to be like, you know what? This is important enough that you need to share this with your kids, right? It's not just some kind of random, like, anything knowledge that, that is just like, oh, yeah, like, this is just, like, really cool information, right? Like, I'm kind of, like, kind of jaded about this whole idea of just, like, acquiring all this, like, you know, just-so-happens information, that that might be nice to know kind of stuff, right? Like, I, I feel like, yeah, I do feel like there's some things in my life that are a little bit finite. And, and I've been grateful to kind of explore that a little bit more, especially as I've been going through my Colby score. 
um, which is just this like test that just helps me to know how I naturally use my energy when I don't have to think about it, right? And and just being able to like maximize the my energy ergs for the day, right? And they're all about realizing that, yeah, my time and my energy in, my, in one day is finite. And because it is, how could I be a little bit more thoughtful in how I use my time and energy so that I'm actually living the life that I actually want, right? Like, rather than feeling stressed, exhausted, and depleted when I feel like I haven't even lived my life yet in one day, but I've been, you know, busying myself with things that aren't even relevant, right? So that's what I mean with, like, knowledge is this, that's just nice-to-know information versus, like, essential-to-know information, right? And, you know, like, things that you would want to be sharing with people so that they can be taken care of, right? And that they can they can have this sense of being taken care of, right? Because that's, that's really what it comes back down to all, like after all is said and done. Because, you know, like it can be easy for a person to be skeptical about all this like gardening stuff, right? Because really, honestly, I think I was almost at the point where I was going to quit. Be like, you know what? I don't think gardening's my thing anymore. I knew it used to be. I knew I, I used to love it and I used to want anything to do with anything that could help me understand the life of a gardener, the life of a person that understands seeds and plant growth and all this stuff. There was just something in me that just pushed me all the time to be like, no, I still don't know enough. I need to know more, right? There's something about this that I just need to know, whether it was because I I was always behind with gospel analogies that always talked about seeds and growth and everything. And I was like, I have no clue, right? I am so ignorant because I just have not taken any time in my life to understand the whole cycle of, life right and and so I wanted to I was like I need to understand something to do with this right so then I did I started gardening like four years ago five years ago now probably and and it's been a journey right it's been a journey for me to like trial and error and and cry over my garden because I made mistakes or whatever and and not beat myself up over it and and try again and all this and then I was at this point where I was like, you know what? This is really hard, right? Because I, yes, there's the garden life, but there's actually like human real life too. And I'm finding that like nobody else cares about this the way I do. And so what's the point in doing it if I'm not able to do it with people that I love, right? And so there was this thing that was going on in me that where I was just like, well, I don't want to just constantly be in a place where I'm alone, Right. And that's kind of where it became with my home, too. It's like nobody else really cared for the home like I wanted to. Um, but then at the same time, it wasn't like I was really even leading out with that either. So it was, like, it was like I was suffering from my own lack of leadership and preparation and planning to be able to create a beautiful opportunity in my home or a beautiful opportunity in my garden, right? Because really, at the end of the day, Any bare space can be used to create a whole ton of fun and a whole beautiful experience if a person was just so willing to create the vision for it and go for it, right? And and collaborate with a team of people to make it as beautiful as it could possibly be, right? And so that's what I'm getting here as I'm like reflecting on some of my learning yesterday at this workshop and, you know, in the years past, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm starting to piece it all together and, and finding the gratitude 
that I can just become this person that is just back to where I was trying to go in the first place, right? Like back to this conscious, thoughtful person that is doing things intentionally for a reason. And yes, throughout the journey, it does feel like bare dirt and it feels like I'm not getting any headway. And it might feel like there's just so many things coming up against me and so much opposition because really that is the life of a gardener, right? There's the pests, there's the everything. There's, there's so many obstacles to make it so a person trying to produce something might not even get to that fruit, right? But I believe that Heavenly Father realizes our effort, right? I, I learned from someone recently that Heavenly Father's not counting you know, the actual results and the feedback and the fruits that we're getting as a parent, like in return, like every day, right? He's not counting my success as a parent of like, oh, did your kid actually say they loved you or did they actually hate you at the end of the day or whatever, right? He's not counting those things. I feel like he's counting my personal efforts to reach out and want to help and and have a desire to want to have an influence in someone else's life to help share his love with them. You know, he's counting my desire to not be an obstacle of his love in that person's life. If another person chooses to to put up those obstacles themselves, that's a totally different story, right? And I, I've just been learning this myself, right? And so that's what I'm learning is like, hey, I can still want to be a gardener, right? I can still want to take these courses and try to keep dabbling in these areas that I actually still do love, even if I'm not necessarily at the proficiency level of getting any fruits from my labors, right? And that sounds crazy, but I feel like this is one of those precept upon precept things. This is one of those things that a person can't afford to not be laying their foundation of precept upon precept because at least at one point there will be a foundation for then there to be something on top built on top of it but it there but it's so hard when a foundation is built so slowly right it's just like the ways that you know you hear about the salt lake temple being built and i don't know was it 40 years right and so it was like painstakingly slow you could not, you might not even have seen it be be done within your lifetime right like before you passed away right and so that's kind of what i'm noticing is like sometimes things are still worth doing even if you won't see the fruits of your labors and maybe the next generation will right and those are the things that i want to keep paying attention to i used to like see this perspective really clearly but lately it's been really hard for me to see the perspective right i'm like why am i breaking my back over these things that aren't even giving anything back to me right now right like that was where i was going with my my thought process until yesterday when I got to go to this beautiful workshop and see these beautiful people doing beautiful things that were so beautiful, right? Like beautiful on the heart level, on the invisible level, on the community level, on the family level, you know? And it was just like so wonderful, right? Like just so absolutely wonderful because I was having this conundrum in the week. I was like, well, okay, how do you connect the Mary and the Martha? How do you connect the spirit and the physical? Like, how do you do that? 
Because personally, sometimes I'm like, no, when you do spiritual things, it's just spiritual, right? And when you do physical, it's for like physical, tangible evidence. And I feel like this whole permaculture kind of world has something in it that actually combines both, right? There's something about it that isn't just purely physical and about self-reliance and self-sufficiency and self-independence. You know, there's, I feel like there's this like underlying aspect of it that, that it's about actually personally, I know for me anyways, I can't do a permaculture thing without feeling that much more connected with God. Right. And feeling like I can feel the wind brushing against my skin. I can feel the dirt under my nails and I can feel the, the fingerprints of God and his creation through all of his creation, right? And that I can be connected with those other things that that he made sure was there for me, to support me, and to to be my gifts, right? 